This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. Welcome to Live and Learn. I'm Troy Antic. As we enter the knockout stage of the 2018 FIFA World Cup, there has been no shortage of incidents and controversies involving video assistant referees, or VAR as they are known, and how it's affecting the game. Here, tell me more about um, the impact of this new rule are sports lawyers, Richard Wee and Leslie Lim. Richard Leslie, no shortage when it was introduced of opposition and uh, criticism to this new rule. But from a legal perspective, is this a good rule? Maybe Leslie, I'll start with you. Uh, well, I do agree with you that um, many parties have come out to share their views and provide comments uh, on the implementation of VAR from former players to current players, even from the fans. Uh, I think the one criticism that has um, um, come up the most is uh, that VR takes too much time. And I think fans have, I would say, you know, hearing uh, different sides of the coin, some have said, yes, it takes up too much time. Some have said, uh, no, it's fine. But the reality of the situation is the benefit that VAR can actually bring uh, to the game. Uh, no doubt, a bit of time is taken, but I think we need to perhaps take a step back and analyse the value that it brings. So VAR actually, uh, at the end of the day, from, from my personal perspective, gives the referee a certain amount of confidence that he's making the right decision. Uh, I, I suppose later on we're going to analyse the uh, uh, nitty-gritty of the details of the system. But um, when when the question of VAR comes up, the question that is to be addressed is not whether the decision of the referee is correct, but whether the decision was clearly wrong. So only if the decision was clearly wrong then VAR steps into place and tries to assist the referee. Then the whole process kicks into place and then moving forward, the referee then sort of has the confidence, as I mentioned earlier, that he did make the right decision with the assistance of technology, we would say, from here on. Mm. Um, Richard, you are a football man. And um, as Leslie mentioned, the purpose of this is to prevent clear instances of injustice that happens during the game. But because football is the way it is, um, some rules are still quite vague. Things like um, delib- deliberate handball and you foul must be committed with the intention or because it's careless. Can you really remove all subjectivity or really when you're reviewing decisions, um, remove what is clear and obviously wrong? Well, uh, in my view, the... From so the, the sports law perspective, uh, let me first start off by establishing some groundwork. Uh, I think most people may not realise that the uh, referee and the two assistant referees, uh, formerly known as linesmen, uh, they are actually judges on, on the football field. And like any judge, they have certain rules and regulations which they are going to exercise. With regard specifically to VAR, um, the subjectivity of the referee, in in my personal opinion, has never been impeded, never been taken away. In fact, uh, to the contrary, it has been enhanced. Uh, it's now much more precise. Uh, the resolution uh, is 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 acceptable. Um, let's take a look at some of the decisions that's been done the last two weeks. Uh, if you look at the press reports, most of the complaints is like Leslie said, "Nah, it's it's too slow. It takes up time," but 
if you notice, no one is complaining about the decision itself, uh, which is fantastic. What about those wrestling moves in the penalty boxes? Um, oh, like the England penalty match? Correct. Yeah, uh, the referee, I think, saw it with his own eyes. It was very clear and obvious from the referee's point of view. And I think any person who's not a referee watching it can see that it was akin to a wrestling match. So that penalty granted to England uh, was, in my view, correct. Mm. We do need the VR for that. And the VAR, as Leslie pointed out, is to decide if the referee is inaccurate or wrong. And it must be clearly inaccurate. So in that case, the referee was right. And I'm sure the five referees in the VAR room in Moscow uh, also agreed with him. So that was, that was uh, the correct decision. So back to the issue of subjectivity. When the referee is uh, running over to the VAR TV or VR screen, and he or she is looking at the screen, that's where he will apply subjectivity. He will relive the moment. Uh, and it's as if he travelled back time to that very split second when the so-called incident happened. And this time, he has a 360 view. Uh, and uh, if he's lucky, he may even get a view from the top if they ha- have a camera on top. Uh, but as, as we are aware, they, are, they have access to more than 20 cameras. Or 33 cameras. 33 cameras. Yeah. Thanks, uh, yeah. Leslie. So I've never been good with statistics. <laughs> 33 uh, cameras. So that really helped him. So yeah, uh, to answer your question, subjectivity is still there, uh, precision and resolution, and much better. Fans are happy. Yeah. You know, we should make clear as well that the VAR can only affect four areas, which is which are goals, um, whether or not they are yeah, clearly the, goals, the, penalties, penalties, red card uh, decisions, yes, mistaken as well identity, as mistaken yeah. identity. These are the four. Uh, like any law, um, in, there must be a source to the law, and in football. Uh, uh, some may not realise this, that FIFA doesn't decide on the uh, uh, fundamental rules. It is an association called the International Football Association Board, IFAB. And in this board, the members uh, are countries like England, um, Scotland, and of course, FIFA sits in the IFAB as one of the members. So that board, uh, enacted the rules pertaining to VR, accepted it, and applied it to uh, football world. Which uh, last season uh, in the local leagues in Europe, we may have seen it in the English league, German league, and all that. So that's number one. Number two, when it comes into the World Cup, um, the the rule is applied for four situations, uh, as you correctly pointed out. The obvious one is: is it a goal? Uh, um, they use the hawk eye technology, uh, similar to what they use in. Uh, uh, tennis and badminton to see whether the ball crosses the line. Number two, which is very popular in this tournament, uh, is the VAR for the penalty decision. Uh, and plenty of the penalty decisions, in my view, is spot on. Uh, maybe one or two was a little 50-50, but that again illustrates the subjectivity of the referee. Number three, whether the red card is correct. And number four, uh, it's happened before, the referee giving the cut to the wrong player. So the VAR helps to that. So this is pretty good. And I think this is a good beginning. Mm. Um, lastly, the um, IFAB is made up, as Richard mentioned, um, the FAs of England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, mm-hmm. and FIFA. And this VAR rule is written into that rule book, um, into their rule book this past March 2018. What does this mean when it's written into the rulebook? Does it mean that it's going to be implemented across the board for all leagues across the world? So I'll just take a step back to it, uh, a slight step back in history. 
So in March 2016, the IFAB, the International Football Association Board, uh, approved a two-year period of live experiment for video assistance uh, in terms of clear errors in match-changing situations. Uh, and the reason why they wanted a two-year experiment period was to determine if VR was actually going to help the game. Implementing it, was it going to improve uh, the game? And of course, then they would then tidy up the system, make tweaks and whatnot. So the whole project actually started back in 2016 in the uh, FIFA Club World Cup in Japan. And then in 2017, moving forward, again, the FIFA World Club Cup in Abu Dhabi, uh, VR was actually expanded to include the assistance VR, assistant VAR, so we call them AVARs, uh, which in today's World Cup, there's actually three of them sitting next to the VAR. In addition, the VAR also has uh, the assistance of four replay operators, and there's even a FIFA staff member that's actually in the room together with the VAR, which is uh, in the International Broadcast Centre in Moscow. So, in terms of the uh, rules, IFAB has actually come up with a handbook on VARs. And the handbook actually goes into uh, very much details in terms of uh, who can qualify to be a VAR, uh, the, the training leading up to it, how reviews are to be done, uh, decision-making, data analysis leading up from the uh, VAR and whatnot. So in the sense that, yes, it has already been uh, implemented in, in the form of a handbook, and because FIFA is uh, a party to IFAB, it again has formed part of the rules, which we are seeing being uh, applied in today's uh, in the World Cup 2018. Mm, but, uh, if I may add yeah. um, to that, um, uh, eventually, other than, uh, well, FIFA have set the rules for the international football, so it looks like VAR is here to stay for international tournaments. Whether it can... Uh, be used in the normal qualifying games or not? We're, we're not sure yet. Even though we have what we have read is that uh, FIFA is keen to proceed with that. Now, does it apply to local leagues, uh, M League, Korean League, the Chinese Football League, uh, MSL in America? It's up to that local association, uh, the the national association, to decide. Once the international rule applies, uh, then the local FA may take it, but usually they will. But as you can see, VR is expensive. It, it's not cheap. Uh, you need quite a lot of equipment to run this. So if your local football league is uh, a six-team league with a, uh, with a turnover, turnover of only half a million ringgit or half a million uh, US dollars of that country, it may not be viable to run this. But let's see. Uh, it's just like the the rules pertaining to the third substitution, uh, substitution, uh, the back pass rule, it, it took time for it to be implemented uh, locally. So I think this one, we are give it about three more years, uh, they will probably see it all over the world. Correct. Mm. As Richard mentioned earlier, um, in the experimentation period, the Italian and the uh, German leagues were implementing it. And um, what they found is that statistics actually showed that because players are now aware that there is VAR, uh, there were actually uh, fewer amounts of foul play, yellow cards, red cards and penalties and, and whatnot. So uh, that's perhaps one of the benefits that uh, you know, the system brings, that, part, that players don't uh, you know, dive for the ball just to get a penalty. Simulation, they call it. Yeah. Yeah. Simulation, yeah. 
or tactical reasons. Um, <laughs> I'm speaking today to sports lawyers Richard Wee and Leslie Lim about VAR, Video Assistant Referee, and um, how they're doing at the recent or the currently ongoing World Cup. Up next, we'll address some of the uh, maybe weaknesses and the criticism that has come VAR's way. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're listening to Live and Learn. I'm Troy and Take. My guests today are sports lawyers Richard Wee and Leslie Lim. We are discussing Video Assistant Referees in the ongoing World Cup. Um, so we kind of discussed the general overview of VAR and how it works. So there seems to be a new language um, in this current World Cup that we didn't see in all the trials in the FA Cup and this maybe the German and Italian League, which is the referee pointing to his ear whenever he's trying to figure out whether um, the video replays concur with his decision and also of players requesting that referees um, consult with his VAR um, to reassess a penalty decision or whether or not a foul was deserving of um, a yellow or red card. I guess th- the first question, Richard, is to whether or not this should be punished, like how players are, um, are requesting for referees Leaving to vote other players. Correct. Yeah. Or whether this is a sportsman's-like conduct. And, <laughs> and second uh, is whether or not that incidents that are not captured by the referee during the game as the game is going on can the VAR flag him in his year through that year piece to stop the game and um, decide accordingly. I'll I, I address the second point first that you raised. Actually, even now, if uh, the camera captures a certain incident which the referee may have missed, it can later be dealt with in the local footballs association's disciplinary committee. Mm. Um, some incidents has happened before uh, over even in World Cup matches where of diving of, of diving and later on a simulation uh, and, and that, that player is punished so unfortunately I have to refer to my favourite club Everton when last season uh, the English FA best known to them decided to punish Nias apparently for a simulation against Palace uh, I absolutely disagree with them not because I'm an Everton fan it wasn't a dive but it happened almost a week after the match so it can still uh, take place now, uh, that, that part of the uh, video recording. Whereas with the live uh, version where ongoing, uh, the game is ongoing, and as per your question, we've seen before over the years players waving this uh, imaginary yellow red card, uh, demanding that the referee wave a red card to an opponent. Now we see the players pointing to the two fingers, drawing a square in the air, demanding that, look ref, check the VAR. In fact, they were not just the player. We can see at the sideline, the coaches, the managers are doing the same thing. Um, I, I think eventually, FIFA will take steps to eradicate that. Uh, like for example, the waving of the imaginary card has happened for many years and only about seven, eight years ago, FIFA said, enough. If you do that, I will show you a red card. Uh, as in, I as in the referee. And maybe for VAR, if some of the players and the coaches are vehemently demanding for VAR when he doesn't need a VAR, then the referee may be given the authority to wave, to take out a card and say, look, enough. And in fact, I think um, interpreting the current rules of the current World Cup tournament, the referee, in my view, is empowered to do that. Because if any player disrupts him uh, and disrupts him in a manner which is unprofessional and uh, unsportsmanlike, Immediately, the referee can activate and say, look, enough. Point out a yellow card, get on the game. Yeah. 
it's, it would be considered dissent, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Sorry, if I can just add on to that, I think um, at the end of the day, the referee will always remain as the key official for the match. Um, the role of the VAR is really just to support the decision-making process. So, as I mentioned earlier, the question to be addressed is uh, when a decision is being made, did the referee uh, make a clearly wrong decision? So if there is a clear and obvious error, only then will VAR intervene. And then from there, there's basically a three-step process. So number one, an incident occurs. Number two, uh, uh, VAR will review and convey information to the referee. And from that step number two, the referee has two options. The referee can choose to uh, accept the VAR information that's being conveyed to him through his earpiece, or he can decide to review the information himself. That's when you will see... Um, the referee actually uh, uh, doing his fingers, signaling an outline of a, a TV screen, and then he'll walk to the side of the field and, and analyze a, a little screen over there. So, yeah, if I can add to it, you notice and take a few in a few matches where there was a suspicion of offside when a goal was scored, mm-hmm. the referee will tell the players, wait, Correct. don't kick off yet, and he's holding his ears. He, one of his fingers is holding his ears because there's a, there is a headphone in his ears, and he's listening to what the VAR is telling him. Offside or not, so they they are using that technology now. Number one, number two, um, uh, even after he thought that there was an offside, he's running to the middle of the pitch, and it happened during the Germany against uh, Korea match where unfortunately Germany was knocked out, um, and Tony Cruz had actually uh, kicked the ball back, and uh, the Korean player scored, but from uh, naked eye we can't see it. But the VAR referees in Moscow captured it. And while the referee was running back to the middle of the pitch and Germany was getting on to the game, he, you can see he held on to his earpiece and then he stopped the game about, I think, about 30 seconds or 45 seconds after that. And then immediately he, 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 he stopped the game. He listened what was talk, mentioned to him. He did the finger, two finger, draw a square box. He ran to the, to the TV and then all of us in the world saw the VR that <laughs> it was Tony Cruz who kicked the ball back and therefore not an offside and the goal stood. Right. So these are things uh, which happened on the spot. And in all fairness in the game, no Korean player asked, demanded that there was a VR. I think they too were not sure what was happening at the time. Right. Though they felt that it was a goal, it was an offside. Mm-hmm. So it depends. Let's see one day how the referee reacts to all these demands. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Leslie, just to come back to your point, because the technology is already there mm. and um, because it's to help improve the decision-making Correct. and, um, I guess, give confidence to viewers that um, the correct decision is being made, do you think VAR should be expanded to more aspects of the game rather than just when an incident happens? Because right now, as you mentioned the scenario, um, you can only use VAR when the ball goes out of play or when the, the fall, play is stopped. Yeah. Um, in the incidents where maybe there was a contested decision and the ball didn't go out of play and the referee cannot stop play to consult the VAR, what happens then? How far back can the VAR go in asking the referee, hey, wait a minute, um, something happened here and um, maybe the goal shouldn't stand because of what happened before, 30 seconds before the goal? Well, I think it, that really depends on the information that is conveyed uh, by the VAR to the referee. Because at the end of the day, the referee is human. 
uh, let's take a, a case of one of the incidents that uh, VAR can be used. It's a case of uh, mistaken identity. So the referee mistakenly um, uh, uh, gives a red card to player number seven, but actually that red card should have been given to player number two. That's when VAR will actually step in and uh, after reviewing. And, and bearing in mind, the VAR as well as the assistant VARs, as well as the replay officers, are all human as well. But they are being assisted by technology. And, uh, you know, having four replay operators and, and so many more eyes, it's all meant to enhance the system. So at the end of, we ha- at the, end of the day, we have a system where it's human working together with te- technology. And I- I'd like to look at things at a more uh, positive aspect. I mean, uh, stoppage of time and whatnot... I- the system of VR was not implemented to destroy the flow of the game or to stifle the emotions of, of fans. Uh, another, another way we can actually look at it is because technology has now come in to assist us humans and, and to improve um, uh, the game, it can actually be even more engaging because uh, I think in, in time to come as the system develops, more and more data will actually be able to be extracted. At the moment, some of the technology being used uh, in, in the game of football, other than uh, VAR, we have the goal, goal line technology uh, to, to de- they put position trackers to determine whether or not the ball has crossed the line. Uh, they also have uh, implemented an uh, electronic performance and tracking system where system and technology is actually able to track uh, a distance and, and speed of players and I think us laymen, we, as time goes on, we we get more and more interested uh, in this kind of data. We're able to sort of geek out over it, uh, if that's the right term to use. And in this sense, it actually makes the sport more and more engaging, yeah. uh, in, in my view. Do you think some of these confusions can be, um, il- can be eliminated with a new model where teams can challenge a decision and so... Like in tennis or badminton, when yeah. there's a contested decision, a player or a coach can say, "Hey, referee, I'm going to use my allocated two or three review challenge," and and then maybe um, the referee can do something about it rather than just rely on um, the judgment of the referee. Yeah, sure. mm. What do you think about that? Actually, my view, I, I looking at it, I actually disagree to give any theme. Uh, any teams or any team, the opportunity of uh, like in NBA, you know, uh, I want to have two timeouts. Uh, I think it will be abused. Uh, I give an example: your team is leading one zero, you're under severe attack, and then your player did a counter attack, happened to fall down somewhere near the penalty box, and then you have two more minutes left in the match, and then your referee, dem- your team demand that that rightful two time. Uh, VR check. So you say, I want a VR now. Immediately stops the game, totally kill the momentum, and it becomes a tactical move to purposely call VR for yeah. fun. When That's it's not the IFAB position as well that yeah, like, they cannot. abuse for technical they, they, they won't But allow. it's, like Leslie said, it's only, it only takes 30 seconds at most, maybe at most, and it's already happening with substitution at uh, strategic points of the game. Mm. Um, simulation, maybe taking longer to walk out of the pitch or... Um, roll around, roll like around <laughs> when you just got touched. Like some Brazilian player, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it's really already happening. Um, why not that instead to save time for the referee, maybe consulting the video 10 times during a game, whereas you just cut it down to maybe 
four times at most, two each, two each. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's possible when we are evolve into a better place. Um, but what is important here, Antek, uh, is that VAR uh, is here to assist the referee to come to the correct and fair decision. And what is interesting is the whole world is talking about this. Whole football world is talking about this. I, I say football world because I think. Football fans who don't follow rugby may not realize that VR has already been used by rugby for many, many years. Very successfully used, by the way. And so the, the whole football world is talking about this. The good thing is that it's talking about fairness. Everyone's saying, "Oh, you know, it's fair. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's a, it's truly a, a red card, a penalty." So that's the the beneficial part of of having a VR. So to allow it to be potentially abused may actually diminish the value and the good uh, name, goodwill of that for now. Uh, like I said, if it evolves better, faster, maybe the referee may have uh, some special specs where he can see his eyes on the spot. We'll never know that kind of technology. But for now, I think it should stay as it is. Uh, and teams should not be given the opportunity to activate whatever we are right at the moment. In fact, more importantly is that the question to ask is how long can the VAR uh, be recalled back? So, can a suspicious decision uh, be recalled five minutes later? Uh, looking at the current rules, no. It looks it got to be done instantaneously. But certain aspects of VAR can be used for a referee to change his or her decision during halftime or even at the end of the match. Classic one is where giving a red card to a wrong player. Hmm. So if he's been informed that, hey, Mr. Referee, actually he's not number seven, he's number two, like what Leslie's example is, he or she may look at, now I have to say she because there are many female referees, he or she may go back to the VAR, look at the, uh, the screen and say, oh my God, I did give a red card to a wrong player and change that. So it's still possible. But for goals, for offside, they cannot wait for more than five minutes before they come back. And, and I think the the reason is obvious. Is you cannot allow this to, to subsist and perpetuate for the next five ten minutes in the match. So that's the the that part actually. To be fair, is still a lacuna. I.e., how many minutes can you wait? How far can you go on before recalling the match? Mm. And if I can end, the best example was the Korea Germany match, where the referee took some time. Uh, and Germany was already attacking uh, after Korea's so-called first goal. And what had happened, what, it's very interesting to ask is, what if during the wait to recall the VAR, Germany's cause. Germany's cause. Mm. Um, I, 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 in my research, I think apparently the, the goal may be disallowed. It may be disallowed. Uh, but we haven't seen it in action in real life. So I don't dare to give a definitive comment on that yet. But I'm throwing this scenario out so that the listeners can think about it. And maybe we can discuss this more in future. Yeah. Um, going forward, what, what do you think are the current weaknesses of um, the VAR? And will it eventually help in rooting out um, corruption or match fixing? Or even play acting. Yeah. Well, um, I think, of course, the, the first thing is that uh, the referees uh, need to be trained to, to be fast, quick, and understand the VR language. I must applaud uh, FIFA and the referees. This, this tournament, it looks like the referees are very prepared for this. Um, 
So I, I feel that that is one of the fastest way to move forward. They can learn from the NBA, for example, um, where basketball decisions are decided in like 10 seconds by just quickly activating the VR and they can see that uh, whether they are wrong. So I think speed is one issue. Uh, but I think as what Leslie said earlier, no matter how slow VR takes time, it's always to be a bit slower, take a bit of time and get justice and fairness accurately uh, exercise than, than just for the sake of let's move on with the game. That, that doesn't make sense. That's one. So i.e. getting the referee well-trained and then uh, better understanding of the VR rules. Secondly, I think the the hardware is involved. Uh, hardware, involved. I think perhaps one day no harm putting a, a camera attached to the referee like the way the rugby referees where they attach a camera on a chest and you can see the referee's point of view. Uh, this is to uh, meet out whether the referee is in fact uh, no, no disrespect to some referees. Are they on the fix? Uh, have they been paid to, to make a certain decision? So to defend themselves, they can show the camera and say, look, this is what I saw and I don't think it was a, a foul. So you cannot say that I, I purposely decided that way. So that that is another potentially something for them to add, putting a camera on the referee's chest, yeah. uh, like like rugby. Uh, the third one I can suggest is perhaps uh, uh, not all uh, incidents around the penalty box must be uh, decided by VAR. Um, uh, I think at the end of the day, the referee and the two assistant referee should still have the final say. So, which means the referee may actually overrule the VR. Says, no, I don't want to see the VR. There's something they may want to consider in future where uh, there's certain incidents where uh, we do not want the VR to always overpower uh, the referee. So, uh, that, that we have still haven't seen the anomalies of VR yet. You mm-hmm. know, we have, haven't seen uh, the full-blown... Uh, problems of VR. We've seen many good things about VR, uh, but like any other football rules, there will always be some problems. So we may want to review that one day. Mm. Uh, I think lastly, I'll end with you. One of the interesting or rather funny thing that I read about the VAR is that the referee's microphone is usually muted when play is stopped because of how often they get cursed at by players <laughs> when they stop play. I guess this comes to... Um, it touches upon the confusion, confusions that um, fans have about the VAR technology as well, that when play is stopped and the referee is consulting his um, assistants at, in the video replay room, that people watching at home or those in the stadium don't know what's going on because they're not explaining or the commentators are not narrating what they are seeing or what they're checking. Mm-hmm. Um, the communication or, um, aspect of the, the new rule, do you think that they could have, have done a better job? Okay. Um, so just to assure football fans out there, in the uh, International Broadcast Centre where the video operation room is, so there's the VAR, there's three assistant VARs and four replay operators. Uh, but there's one person in there that I think a lot of people are not aware of. There's actually a FIFA staff member that's standing behind all of these guys, the, the whole VAR team. And this FIFA staff member actually has direct access uh, of the VAR output and all communications between the VAR team and the referee on the field. And 
this staff member, FIFA staff member, he's, he's actually responsible uh, to generate VAR information. He holds a, a touch tablet in his hand and that tablet actually generates that VR information and ensures transparency in actually what is being uh, reviewed, what's the information being generated and whatnot. And uh, this tablet and the information that it generates uh, actually triggers uh, certain match review scenes and produces messages uh, that's actually conveyed to um, <coughs> medias and commentators mm. uh, through uh, an information system. Uh, they even have a system where uh, a yellow message is to indicate that there could be a delay in the match. They have a red message to show that an official uh, VAR is actually being reviewed, uh, the details of it and whatnot. And then the last one is a green message where it actually displays uh, the outcome of the VAR review. So uh, that is, of course, I think the back end, which uh, we probably don't get to see much of because I think a lot of the... Uh, uh, broadcast companies choose the different scenes that they want to see and we only see the last part which is what's the decision right, right. Uh, but there's actually all this going on behind the scene uh, and if, if we actually you know delve into uh, the actual the, the system and the people running it uh, it uh, it is it sounds quite amazing the way uh, they are working together with technology and the the goal of VR is actually uh, minimum interference for maximum benefits so uh, in that sense, as, as Richard pointed out, I do think that we are we will see VAR continue to develop uh, more and more over the years. And of course, technology is also going to continue uh, growing. So it'll be very interesting to see how we move forward from there. Yeah. And uh, from here on out, Richard, who's going to win the World Cup? <laughs> <laughs> very interesting question. Well, now let me speak as a <laughs> football fan. Um, well, personally, I, I, I support Holland, but they're oh. not in the World Cup. Italy is also not in the World Cup, and the team I support. Um, and the other team I have supported since as a boy is England. England. So maybe. They're in a good form this um, Yeah, maybe England. The uh, they, they're going to face a tough match against Colombia tonight. England Brazil final. Uh, Belgium, maybe. Uh, and France. France is fantastic. They, they played really well against Argentina. Um, so one of these teams, but it looks likely it's going to be either. Brazil or France uh, England always stumble at the they've never beaten Brazil in a World Cup yeah right? so it's going to be yeah. tough for them well, anyway good luck to all the teams thanks yeah. for having us on take. Yeah. thanks on take. I've been speaking to Richard Wee and Leslie Lim about video assistant referees thank you for listening BFM 89.9 thank you for listening to this podcast to find more great interviews go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes BFM 89.9, The Business Station.